When studying the tape of the Steelers' offense in the first two weeks, you see a lot of inconsistencies and a lot of questions being raised. But one thing is for sure. They need some things that are going to be simple, easy ways to get the ball in the hands of playmakers while the offensive line figures itself out and Ben Roethlisberger continues to mesh with Matt Canada's playbook. One way to do that is to get Najee Harris involved in the passing game. I'm going to break down more details on the film that I studied and some numbers that I crunched on how that can open up the rest of the offense in the first segment. Then here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast, we'll have crossover Thursday with the hosts of the Lockdown Bengals podcast in the second and third segments. Should be a lot of fun. I'm Chris Carter, your host of the Lockdown Steelers podcast. Let's get into it. Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things in the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you are if you want to get more of this show, you can subscribe to us on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Odyssey, anywhere podcasts are hosted. Remember, re- read us a five-star review on uh, Apple Podcasts, and you get a special shout-out at the end of the show. But be sure to subscribe, like this video on YouTube, and pass along to your friends. So... We're going to get to my Najee Harris point. I wrote a film study article in, Car- in Carter's classroom on it uh, you know, for, for Wednesday that I, th- that I think you guys would find interesting uh, to go over why that's going to be important. But before we do that, let's get to some news and notes. First and foremost, the Steelers injury report for Wednesday came, came out. And uh, interesting things here now, there were two players, four players, uh, five players, excuse me, that did not practice. Uh, ben Roethlisberger didn't practice with his pectoral injury. They're keeping a watch on him, but you kind of hear from Ben because like he did, he said it happened early in the game and he played through it. You get the sense that this is going to be something that he's a typical like Ben Roethlisberger, like, hey, it hurts, but he'll play through it because that's what he does in his career. Deontay Johnson with his knee injury, however, did not practice. Not a good sign for him to play this weekend, but we will keep monitoring it with the Thursday and Friday practices. Alex Highsmith also didn't practice along with uh, Carlos Davis. Of course, Highsmith dealing with a groin injury, Davis dealing with a knee injury that after not playing last week. Eric Ebron also sat out, but that was a coach's decision. But... The good news is that a lot of Steelers came back. Joe Hayden, just uh, Joe Hayden and TJ Watt, both with their groin injuries, were limited in practice, but out there, that's a good sign. Justin Lane has an Achilles injury, but he was limited in practice. But the best news, Devin Bush, a full practice with his groin injury. Good sign that he'll be ready for this weekend. So good stuff there overall for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Also, if you've been playing in our, in our Locked On Steelers Pick'em League with the, on runyourpool.com, uh, which if you want to join the winner of this contest, the end of the year receives a Steelers jersey of their choice uh, from Run Your Pool. Uh, the link to join this is in the description of the YouTube video of this episode. So if you ha- if you missed out on the on week two, be sure to get it on week three. It's going to be a cumulative thing. So, you know, you may be behind now, but who knows? Maybe the, the people in, in the leaderboard will start to drop and maybe you can catch up to them. But congratulations to our week two winners. We had two winners uh, who went 13 and three on the week. We had Sam 99, 14 and Dozer 21 picking the most games correct in in there um technically I believe Sam 99 14 
uh, is the current leader of the overall because she had the uh, the best point point just differential of how many points would be scored on Monday Night Football. We had a lot of other people, Dan the Man, Fernando Hidalgo, Robert Williamson coming coming in uh, third along with Jenna Harner. Um, so a lot of people in there. Uh, so congratulations to those who did well in week two. Let's see if everyone does well in week three. Keep up with us and make sure that you're making picks every week in our in our Run Your Pool League because that'll get you a chance to win your Steelers jersey. All right, now let's get to my point about Najee Harris. Now, it, it, this isn't just as simple as, oh, well, Chris, duh, he caught a touchdown underneath. You want to get work the ball to him? Yes, but no. If you remember, and I make this point in my Carter's Classroom uh, article that went on DKPittsburghSports.com um, on, on Wednesday. But if you go back and you remember the 2014 Steelers offense, that offense wasn't going to automatically be, uh, be, be you know, people didn't come into that season thinking it was going to be a phenomenal offense. It finished seventh in scoring, second in total yards. But when you look at that offense, the years before it was in the 20s. It wasn't that phenomenal. And that was still with Le'Veon Bell as a rookie. Antonio Brown was still there. There was a lot of there was a lot of really good pieces. Heath Miller was still there. The offensive line was 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 still there. Like there was a lot of good pieces to that. And Ben Roethlisberger, of course, was still there. But the thing was that I felt that opened up the rest of the offense a lot easier was the check down passes to Le'Veon Bell. When you go back and you look through through some of those games, you can find that Bell Bell getting the ball underneath was a huge factor for opening up the rest of the offense. In 2014, he was when he was getting the ball, he um he caught about 100 receptions or excuse me, 100 83 receptions on 100 targets for 854 yards. But 827 of those yards came after the catch. That means he was catching the ball basically right at the line of scrimmage or a few yards in front of it and then just taking off and getting the rest on his own. We see Najee Harris being able to do that. So while we're trying to sit here and wonder, well, how can the Steelers possibly get him involved if the offensive line still has to gel? And Chris, how are they going to do that? They have so many rookies and all these other problems. Easy way. You run your you, you run your normal passing plays. You have, you know, Chase Claypool test somebody deep. Juju Smith-Schuster running the slot over the middle. Deontay Johnson running some quick routes where he can get some separation. If he's not playing, do something with James Washington. Let Pat Frymuth work his way, work, work his way in. And while the defense is worrying about that and you're stretching the field, you have Najee Harris, a simple curl, turnaround, three yards in front of the line of scrimmage. If he's, if he's not being guarded, then Ben Roethlisberger chuck it to him and let him get the yards after the catch. And those are easy yards that you could, that you can get. And when, and when, if he, if he starts to eat up defenses, like we saw him start to do to the Raiders, that could force defenses to focus more on him underneath and open up the middle of the field more for Ben Roethlisberger down the field to maybe Juju Smith-Schuster and Pat Frymuth and give him more options. But I, I think that's a, really big and easy way it's very simple again go check out my carter's classroom on dkpittsburghsports.com for all my details on this uh it's called target harris to settle ben in canada's offense uh but you know it's clear that ben roethlisberger is still finding his instincts in this and i'll probably end up talking about this with uh with our guys from locked on Bengals uh in the second and third segments but ben roethlisberger's struggles so far this offense aren't his arm it's his mental. It's, it's 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 his being comfortable and understanding when and where he can attack different parts of the field with the plays. I, I believe he understands where his guys are at all times. But he's always had when he struggles at, at the most mentally is when he's struggling with where they are compared to what he's seeing down down the field. And when he starts to get that better feel of how to counteract those two, 
that's when you see Ben Roethlisberger lock in and have really solid games. And that's just going to take time, just like the offensive line will take time. Now, I do think that Ben's Ben's part of this should take a lot less time because this is still an offense that's catered around him with receivers that he's used to. And that's something that needs to happen sooner rather than later. But while that's happening, one thing that you can do to make it easier for Ben Roethlisberger is if he's not trusting his eyes downfield, get him to kick the ball to Najee Harris, whether it's in the flat, right in front of the line of scrimmage in the middle of the field. Get him in space because if he's got one-on-one, you can trust he's going to try to make the first guy miss. And most of the time, he's probably going to succeed. And if you're getting easy yards that way, just like Le'Veon Bell did in 2014, you'll open up more opportunities for the rest of the for the rest of the team. And also, again, you're buying more time for your offensive line to figure things out, to get used to things. And then you can let Najee Harris build up some steam, start to feel that confidence and know when and where and how to attack. That can be a serious part of this offense that wakes up everyone else. And with the with the couple successes they had with the nasty stiff arm he had against the Raiders and the 25-yard touchdown reception he had against the Raiders, maybe the Steelers channel that a little bit on Sunday against the Cincinnati Bengals. They need to win this game. It's their first division game of the season. They need to bounce back and make sure that they're 2-1 going into week four. But doing, do, doing that, we'll get into a lot of the matchups situations right now when we start asking questions of the guys from Locked On Bengals. We're going to get to that in just a moment. Uh, but first, I got to tell you guys about our great sponsors at rockauto.com. Save time and money when using Rock Auto because why choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same car parts from a chain store or a car dealership? For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is just $353 from the chain store, but only $216 from rockauto.com. Rock Auto is a family-owned business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need, from brake parts to tail lamps to motor oil and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Locked On on there. How did you hear about us, Box? So that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today and tell them that Locked On sent you. And we're keeping it rolling here. It's Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, which means we're joined by our buddies at Locked On Bengals. I got James Rapin and Jake Liskow right here on the show with me. We're going to get some crossover questions. And fellas, thanks for joining the show. It's always fun to kick it with y'all. Is it fun? Is yes, that the word fun. you would use to yes. describe what this is? Yes. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? What do you mean? Right, listen, we go at it. People love it. We get tweets. And it's awesome. I love this yeah. stuff. Are you kidding me? I this agree. More, it's fun. fun. Don't let Jake be a wet blanket. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> you, you, it was a joke. Do y'all see the reaction I got out of the joke? That's why it's fun. Man, just exactly. like, wait, whoosh, over your head. It's gone. <laughs> all right. Guys, I want to yeah. ask you, I want to ask you all. Uh, first about Joe Burrow. That's that's one of the biggest point convers- conversation points about this Bengals team. Now, he came out, he threw, I think, three passes in, in a row that were intercepted, but we, you've seen him hit, you, you've seen him hit Jamar Chase on, on deep balls. You've seen, you see him take the top off of defenses. Um, what have you seen out of him in the first two games, like as far as being back to kind of taking the progressional steps that he was taking last year before his injury? There's certainly a lot of things that look like Joe Burrow and what we expected to see from Joe Burrow as he was progressing from rookie to second year. But the knee injury is clearly 
there. Like it's a thing that happened and it doesn't look like it never happened. He didn't have the kind of Deshaun Watson when he was playing quarterback bounce back in his second year where, you know, knee injury or not, he took a massive leap immediately and was great. And and for Burrow, I think it has, it has impacted the way he processes and manipulates the pocket. It's impacted his decision-making in the pocket in terms of, you know, he talked about in his press conferences this week, he hasn't put such a big emphasis on sprinting out and trying to get outside the pocket. Instead, mm-hmm. you know, you've seen him try to uh, spin out of a few pressures. It's worked once out of three times. The other times he kind of spun in place and it was like, what, what are you doing, Joe? Get out of there. You have some time and space. So that hasn't been as good as it was last year. But again, there have been some signs that it's still Joe Burrow and it's probably just normal. I'm coming off of ACL stuff that he's adapting and getting used to the game again and starting to trust, you know, his body and his legs and his instincts again. And it's just not instant. And for, for a very rare case it is, but Joe Burrow following the more likely outcome where it's just taken a little time. Yeah. I, 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 I see that I was talking to Joe Schober at the Steelers facility on uh, on Wednesday about, about that. And he said, yeah, we've noted that he's not, uh, he, he's not as mobile as he used to be right now. But one thing that the Bengals are doing is they're making sure that Joe Mixon can kind of kind of be worked in to take care of that. I, I wanted to get a sense of, um, of of how you guys have felt he's come in and, and the impact of, of uh, Frank Pollock, at, you know, as, as the run game coordinator. Mixon right now uh, is the number two running back in the NFL. Mike Tomlin noted that in, in his press conference on, on Tuesday. What have you guys seen from Mixon and what Pollock's been able to bring to the Bengals offensive line? Because they're still giving up sacks, but it looks like they're they're creating holes. Uh, well, we talk about, and we know this, uh, and our listeners know this, right? Fit is so important. And Joe Mixon and Frank Pollock fit well together. Uh, Frank Pollock obviously was the offensive line coach in 2018. Mixon led the AFC in rushing that year. And the moment he came back, I don't think anyone was more excited than <laughs> Joe Mixon, including Frank Pollock, who just got a job in in one of 32 uh, cities in the NFL, right? And uh, so, yeah, it's as far as a scheme standpoint, you're going to see more wide zone stuff, which you got to see some in in 2018. And uh, the reason Mixon right now is second in the NFL in rushing is because of that week one in, in how productive he was, where they gave him, you know, 30 plus touches. And he was just such a big part of the offense. And, you know, we'll see if they can get him going like that. On Sunday, I think that's something that when you talk about Joe Burrow's mobility and as he continues to to work his way back, even though he's back, but get back to his old self, that uh, you know could take a little pressure off of things. But yeah, Mixon believes in in Pollock, and Pollock certainly is uh, a big believer in Joe Mixon. It, it's more so the guys in front of Mixon, and are they going to uh, be willing to open up the holes or, or able? and capable of opening up the holes and gaps necessary to spring number 28 for big games in Pittsburgh or big gains, excuse me, in Pittsburgh on Sunday. Yeah, that's going to be a, ma- a major point of concern for for uh, for both teams getting the run game going for Cincinnati, but also limiting it for the Steelers as uh, the, their their defense needs to be stout against the run. Let's flip to the defense of the Bengals for a little bit. Mike Tomlin had a lot of praise for the defensive front of the Cincinnati Bengals, but he does that a lot with with a lot of teams. So sometimes, like I was talking, to, I was talking to different reporters, and we're like, eh, "Is this the, is this a Mike's playing us, or do you guys see this 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 Bengals defensive front taking a serious step forward with uh, with with who they have this year?" The interior defensive line has been very good. The 
inverse to that is they've played against the Bears and Vikings offensive lines, which are not very good. Neither is the Pittsburgh offensive <laughs> line as far hey. as I can tell. So, <laughs> you know, it, it could just be that people like to rag on the Bengals offensive line and they're playing with, uh, you know, they're really competing for who's who's the best offensive line out of the Bengals' first three opponents this year. So uh, it tells you something about the, the opponents I think the Bengals have faced. But mm. the interior defensive line anchored by DJ Reader uh, with uh, Larry Ogunjobi, who mm-hmm. you obviously know well from his time in Cleveland, has come mm-hmm. down. Explained a lot of three tech, the return of Josh Tupo from a COVID opt out and the trade for BJ Hill. Those guys have actually been great. And DJ reader has been the best of the bunch. They've been very stout in run defense has moved the pocket quite well as a situational pass rusher. He's not part of the nickel pass rush, okay. but he is out there on base downs. And so if, if the Steelers are out there in, in 12 or do they play a fullback? I, I don't know if there's a fullback on the roster right now. <laughs> well, but, there's Derek Watt, but we don't know. Like like Mike Thomas, like, we didn't use him this week. We'll use him next week, but then they never use him. <laughs> sure. So so if they're out there in 12 or 21 personnel, you'll probably see DJ Reader, and he mm-hmm. should be stronger than whoever it is that's across from him. That's just the case for, I mean, you guys know this with Cam Hayward, generally the stronger player. Right. DJ Reader has some of that to him and okay. not as dynamic probably as Cam Hayward, but very, very good. So the interior defensive line has been great on the outside. Sam Hubbard got a $40 million extension and people that listen to the Locked On Bengals podcast know that I don't necessarily think Sam Hubbard is a great player. I think he's a really good run defender. I think he's kind of a fine player, but doesn't, you don't have to game plan for him a ton. He's, he's like, an above average player. Maybe Trey Hendrickson on the other hand has been actually a pleasant surprise as a pass rusher. I mm. thought he really benefited from cam Jordan's presence in new Orleans before the Bengals signed him to a big free agent deal. But uh, we, we saw some pass rush win rate numbers this week and he's in the top five in the NFL right now. So you, you take that through a couple of weeks and again, tackle matchups haven't been, you know, the strongest competition, <laughs> but again, will the Steelers really change that? I'm not so sure. Yeah, that, that's certainly a big question right now in Pittsburgh with uh, with Chikuma Cool for it. Right tackle, rookie Dan Moore Jr. at left tackle. He had a, bi- a bunch of welcome to the NFL moments in week two against the Raiders. So that'll be definitely interesting. Last question for me, guys. Uh, the Bengals secondary has a mm-hmm. lot of familiar names. Von Bell had the big hit on Juju last year. Jesse Bates, <laughs> one of the best safeties in the NFL, uh, but also former Steeler and a guy that a lot of Steelers fans still have love for Mike Hilton. How's he mm-hmm. fitting into this secondary and how are they coming together? You are, are they becoming a more aggressive unit that can be dangerous at, at attacking the ball? Or are they kind of more of like the, Hey, let's keep the plays in front of us and limit teams uh, forcing, forcing more punts. No, one of the, the themes of the preseason and training camp was forcing more turnovers and whether it was poking the ball, grabbing the ball, getting your hands on the ball, somehow finding a way to force them. And they haven't been able to uh, overall so far in the first two weeks, they forced a couple turnovers. Now they were big ones uh, in critical parts of the game. It won them the Minnesota game and, and it gave them some life a few days ago against the bears. Um, but yeah, that's certainly a, a point of emphasis. And as far as Mike Hilton instantly became a leader in the locker room, uh, awesome. instantly set uh, a tone for even a guy like Jesse Bates, who as good as he is, he's only 24 years old. And so they had the, um, uh, I forget basically the the lazy jar, and I forget what they called it. But they, uh, anytime there was a lazy play during practice, Ooh, like um, yeah, and, and he got this. Yeah, the loafs. That's right, the loaf jar. Good call, Jake. And uh, he he stole this from Joe Hayden. Mike Hilton mm-hmm. said, 
And so he brought it with him. And, and so, yeah, he's uh, incorporating a lot of that. And the Bengals are using him that way. They're going to send him on blitzes, much like, uh, you know, the Steelers did. He, he's tackled well. And so I think he's going to be excited to return to, to Heinz Field and, and take on his former team and a lot of familiar faces. And one more thing, Chris, that I think your listeners will appreciate. Okay. He was like, yeah, I'm absolutely going to tell Joe Burrow everything I know about this defense. I'm absolutely <laughs> going to tell my defense all about Ben Roethlisberger. He was like, I want to get out of Pittsburgh with a win. And however I can do that, I can do that. And uh, he said, quote, I'm an open book. So, uh, I, you know, it's uh, it's all about winning for Mike Hilton on Sunday. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. As it should be. You get to your new no team. Doubt. Yeah, I, I'm just I, I'm I'm glad to see that the Bengals are using him in the way that actually uh, that, that fits to his skill set. Unlike you know with James Harrison going there and trying to be like a cover oh, linebacker, that was one of the more ridiculous. bizarre moves. Right, right, right. But ridiculous. but it, it, but I, I'm glad to see that for Mike Hilton. I've talked to him for years. The Steelers locker room. He's a he's a great individual. Um, and it makes mm-hmm. sense that he would carry those leadership traits over to Cincinnati. So, uh, great stuff there, fellas. We're gonna flip it. In just a minute here where they're going to ask me some questions and do some more crossover things. Uh, But first, I wanted to tell you guys about about some of our great sponsors because we, of course, have betonline.ag. It's that time of the year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest. Open now at BetOnline. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to look for all the different promos that are available because some of the promos may give you opportunities to have, have a wager and maybe have it refunded, but check the details on all the contents that you might enter for those opportunities. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football to basketball to boxing, right down to horse racing. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. We're also brought to you by Get Upside. Hey, Steelers fans, this is Chris Carter with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents off for every gallon of gas. Every time they fill up, just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and you'll get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 50, 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two or $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to, to your bank account, PayPal, or get an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Get Upside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. All right, let's bring Chris Carter onto the Locked On Bengals podcast. We're on crossover week, and it's everybody's favorite guest, right? I mean, everybody loves hearing from Locked On Steelers host Chris Carter, right, listeners? I'm sure you're all yelling in your cars right now. They're throwing things at me. (laughs) Throwing tomatoes, or I don't know what people throw anymore. Hopefully, because I like tomatoes. Like, I I wouldn't want to. They're rotten, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. That's fair. It's, Maybe it's never, it's never edible produce, you know? That, right, because it, that stuff's too expensive, man. Yeah, no, I nobody's know. got time for that. So <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit of Steelers stuff. The sure. the number one question, I think, on the 
It's not even a question. Ben Roethlisberger is going to play football. Why is he always <laughs> on the injury report before the Steelers play the Bengals, Chris? You know, man, there's a there's a funny meme that passes around Steelers Twitter of Ben with like 12 bags of ice on at one of the practices. And this is years ago. But they say when he looks like that, you know, he's throwing for 400 this week. That, that's just that's what he does. He just he says, oh, I'm hurt. This is going on. My pecs injured. I don't know. It, it, and like we even asked him. So like, when did this get hurt? He's like, I don't know. Some point during the game. And I'm like, so wait. So you're telling he's like, well, it was impacting my throws during the game. And I'm like, what, where did this come from? It just came, like at the end of the game, we heard none of this. I talked to Ben Roethlisberger after the Raiders game, and he was just like, yeah, you know, bumps and bruises, whatever. And now all of a sudden, he has a pec injury. Uh, but you know, like, like Didi Kikabwala brought this up on uh, on Twitter. She was like, you know, last year he said he had an injury before playing the Bengals at Heinz Field. Didn't practice a single time that week, and then threw like three touchdowns, three hundred yards. He went ballistic, and this is what he does. This is what he does. We, we 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 find out about these injuries, and then somehow that motivates him to play. It's like with Aaron Rodgers, when people doubt him, you know, he he has that he has that uh that, that emotional kick in that, that gets him going. Maybe for Ben, it's like, hey, I'm hurt. This is my chance to show I'm tough. Whatever it is, let him do him. I it's, guess it's like Michael Jordan inventing, you know, personal <laughs> grudges. Like, oh, I'm hurt. I'm going to prove all these. Guys. No, nobody believes you're hurt. No, nobody. Ben. Like the first first couple years, okay. Now it's like Ben. We just 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 go out there. If you don't want to practice, don't practice. But it's, it's let's it's talk about uh, yeah. Let's talk about someone that is probably. Um, is going to have more impact on the game if he's out there and certainly mm -hmm. is dealing with an injury because he didn't finish the game mm -hmm. against the Raiders last week. And TJ Watt, now, I know he was a limited participant in practice on Wednesday. Do you think he's going to play? And if so, could they be? Could it? Could they limit him and, and just make him limited and put and put him in on pass rushing downs and just try to do it that way? Because the way he cuts and and breaks and uses that athleticism. I, I don't know. Like I, I could see, you know, him re-aggravating it, which is obviously not what you want if you're the Steelers. It's certainly a question. They don't want to make it a nagging injury to the guy that they just gave like eighty million dollars guaranteed to. Uh, but I do think that they're that he's going to be ready for this game. Uh, you know, when being limited in practice, let, let me tell you, when T.J. Watt all through training camp was was holding out or holding in, he was every day. He was just he was dressed in a helmet. And his jersey and like his in his leg pads, and he would just you know chuck a medicine ball and they go, he would do different drills and he would work on different things. And as soon as he got back in there, he was ready to go. Like against Buffalo, it was like, man, that doesn't look like a guy who didn't practice for a month. Um, and I, I get the impression, and Mike Tomlin even said this as much. He's like, you know what, TJ's a guy who he's earned, you know, the ability to show, like, you know, he made if he needs to take most of the week off to not practice and be ready for game day, we give him that credence because he brought up Aaron Donald does that sometimes when he's not when he's feeling a little bumps and bruises or soft tissue injuries. So I, I think he's I think he's going to play unless there's a setback during the week. The Steelers are probably going to make him limited, I'd say, all the way through the week, and then you'll see him play on game day if everything works out. But you know, that caught them off guard last week. That's kind of what they did with Joe Hayden and Devin Bush um, on the last on the last couple walkthrough uh, practices. And then uh, all of a sudden they thought then, you know, the read was they were going to play. And then before in the warmups, I guess they just weren't feeling it right. And Devin Bush, Joe Hayden out. And then you saw Tyson Lulu go down. T.J. White go out with a groin injury. And now Alex Highsmith has a groin injury. Um, so uh, it's it's going to be very interesting to see if T.J. Uh, Watt plays any full capacity. But they're very limited. They just signed Taco Charlton. 
uh, you know, to their practice squad. I anticipate if Alex Highsmith's groin injury lingers, they might find a way to promote Charlton because they want to have depth behind TJ Watt. It's Alex Highsmith, Melvin Ingram, and Jameer Jones, who's been a, a nice addition to the team as an undrafted guy in his second year, but they want depth. They need rotation. That's how their pass rush has been successful. So uh, we'll see if, if all of their guys are good to go. You know, I want to talk about what Matt Canada is doing differently. And Mike Hilton talked about this a little bit. He said they're doing more pre-snap motion or more, more motion at the snap. I don't remember which one of those it was. But before we do that, uh-huh. you reminded me that the Steelers just gave out guaranteed money to TJ Watt. And <laughs> the Bengals find themselves in this situation with, with Jesse Bates. The Bengals mm. and Steelers, one thing they do similarly is they don't give out non-signing bonus guaranteed money pretty much ever. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Do you think the signal is a change in business for the Steelers? Like the modern NFL, they have to guarantee non-signing bonus money, or do you think that TJ Watt is a one-off for the Steelers? I'm not so sure because Minka Fitzpatrick's coming up next year, and mm-hmm. I have a feeling they're going to offer him money. Now, here's here's the thing: I'm not so sure if it's going to be a long-term change, but I do think they're positioning themselves to be able to do this at least with these two guys. If you're a, if you're a first-team All-Pro caliber defensive player. They might consider that for you moving forward. Now, right now, they are they project, I think they have like $36 million in cap space next year. And that's not including the 11 that are sitting in their cap space right now that could carry over to next year. Uh, so they have plenty of money to spend in the future years. That's That, that was something that we've been looking at here in Pittsburgh. When you look at over the cap and uh, spot rag and all the different, uh, all the different uh, trackers, the Steelers are going to have, for the first time in a long time, money to burn in free agency or re-signing guys they want to keep so i i foresee minka getting a similar type of deal but i wouldn't expect you know like like terrell edmonds he's he needs some money i don't expect him to get you know any guaranteed money in that in that in that kind of way but if you're a consistent guy who's been you know multiple time first team all pro you know best at your position type of player in those conversations you'll get those considerations moving forward because i do think also when you i mean i don't know about you guys when you you guys look at those numbers in the next like two three four years with the projected salary cap booms i think it's going to change how all the positions work yeah no i i agree with you and that's why signing watt and in my opinion signing Bates now could look could have looked like a deal if the the Bengals could get it done um mm-hmm. let, let's talk about something that jake brought up with matt canada and, and yeah the the <clears throat> pre-snap motion that mike hilton mentioned on Wednesday, uh, obviously, at least from our point of view, the offense isn't off to the start they hoped uh, mm-hmm. to get off of. Uh, what are your thoughts on Matt Canada's system? What's different and why is it uh, kind of got off to a slow start? One thing that I've always seen about Ben Roethlisberger, and you guys know, I'm, I'm not, whereas I don't think Ben Roethlisberger is as bad as many do out there. I still see him as a guy that's not this cerebral quarterback. He's more instinctual with how he responds to what he's seeing out there. And he has to have it ingrained in the back of his mind. He may know the playbook. He, know, he may know where his receivers are going to be, but I still feel like with Matt Canada's offense, he's still not comfortable to the point where, hey, I know where my guys are at, but I don't know what my second and third and fourth reads are on, you know, the 30th play, on the 31st play, you know, that, that, that they run. And they still don't have any staples in this offense that it's like, hey, we call this play, that's six yards, or we call this play, that's eight yards, you know, they, they and they don't have it with the run game. The offensive line is still coming together. That was something that I anticipated this whole time. Uh, but I think what the Steelers – really need to get get back to using is getting the ball to Najee Harris in the, in the passing game. You saw him with a stiff arm on Abrams 
uh, you know, that, that broke over play. You saw the 25 yard touchdown that he had where he just made one guy miss and he just hit the sideline and was able to get the pile on. Those are the type of things that Le'Veon Bell used to do when they opened back up the Steelers offense in 2014. Because remember, in the first couple of years of Todd Haley's offense, they weren't so good. They were they were ranking in the, the, the upper 20s. But when Le'Veon Bell became an active part of the of the receiving game and just he wasn't going out and running routes, he was just running up two yards, turn around, hit me, Ben, and then he would go get six or eight yards and then. Everything else started to click off that with that recent success. I think that Matt Canada has to kind of settle Ben down and say, Hey, don't be afraid to take that check down. You know, don't always check it down on the shallow crosses and the quick slants to Juju and Deontay because teams are used to that. But I thought, well, while teams are focusing on a Chase Claypool or a Juju or a James Washington or Deontay, when they're focusing on all those different guys, if you're getting one on one with Najee Harris in space, you have to trust that he's going to make the play. That's why they drafted him in the first round. So, for Matt Canada, there is more pre, pre-snap motion. I don't think that it's nearly close to what he really wants yet. As a guy who's watched Matt Canada all the way back to 2016 when he was at Pitt, trust me, there's a lot of stuff that he hasn't even broke broken out yet. But I think right now it's all about making sure the offensive line is comfortable and that Ben is comfortable. And what needs to you know, kind of help with that is making things simpler for him. And that might involve getting it, checking it down to Najee Harris in those situations. Last question, Chris. In 30 seconds, if you have to pick one player who is going to win the game for the Steelers, if indeed the Steelers do end up winning the game on Sunday, which player, is it Ben Roethlisberger, is it TJ Watt, is going to make the biggest impact to put the Steelers in position to win? I'm going to pick a guy that's not so obvious. I think it's Devin Bush. I I really think that he plays a bigger role in this defense than people give him credit for, not for splash plays, but when he's on the field, they defend the run so much better. And, and their chemistry with him and Joe Schobert in coverage has really increased how they take, how they, they, they take hold of the middle of the field. If he can get in there and help just run with Mixon, just make sure that he is neutralized in this game. He may get his yards, but if you can make sure that you're being a big force there, that's going to force the, the Bengals to go to the air in more predictable passing situations, which will allow that pass rush to pin its ears back. But I think Devin Bush, if he can be healthy, he was a full participant in practice after he suffered a groin injury. There was a groin epidemic in Pittsburgh last week. Uh, but uh, when it comes when it comes to De- Devin Bush and him moving moving around, if he's healthy and active, he can be the key to this game. Limit the rushing game, cover underneath, and and help put the pass rush in the better situations to win. That's the guy I think that could be a sneaky look there. And that's an interesting one. Back at practice in full on Wednesday, almost certain that he'll play at this point. We'll mm-hmm. see the return of Devin Bush, who we all remember the Steelers traded in front of the Bengals specifically to make <laughs> sure they poached the- in the draft. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. However, Chris, thanks for your insights into the Steelers. We'll talk to you later this year. Until next time, Bengals fans, day and have a good one. Before we go here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, just wanted to say thank you to everyone for tuning into the show. Thanks to the Locked On Bengals guys for making sure to, to, to do the crossover Thursday. It's always fun with uh, with some AFC North fellows here. Um, but as always, we wanted to remind you to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, to subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere you get, you get, you get your podcast. We are available and making us your first choice to listen to in the mornings. We want to also give a shout out to our five-star review people on Apple. We got one person here called Human Pool Guy who says, we are the number one Steelers podcast with five stars. Says, living in Atlantic Canada, I get picked on for being a lifelong Steelers fan. I jumped on the bandwagon in 19 
1978. I have always resisted the Pats bandwagon that most in these parts ride. Chris and his guests keep me on all on top of all my Steelers news. The best choice for infotainment. Go Steelers, go. Dwayne Andrews. Thank you, Dwayne. I really appreciate that five-star review. We got other five-star reviews we'll get to on later in the week. Thanks to all, all of you out there who continue to give us those. Also, thanks to those who are subscribing to the YouTube channel. It really helps us out in sharing everything there. Remember to jump in our pick'em pool with Thursday Night Football back in action. It's another chance for you to get some points to get your free Steelers jersey if you have the most correct picks by the end of the season. I'm Chris Carter here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Be back in your ears and on your screens tomorrow for Friday with Jenna Harner finishing out the week.